Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here, back on a daily Friday. It uh, has been at least a couple weeks. Uh, we missed last week, I know, because I was out of town, and uh, Jeff has been up to above his eyeballs and things going on with some summer programs and just responsibilities that uh, are on his desk. So, Jeff, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. We had breakfast, pumped up for a daily Friday. Totally forgot it was Friday for a little bit until you just reminded me. But, no, I'm really excited to connect with you again, my friend. I mean, you've been doing some marvelous things. I'm not to tap into anything else but that, but that last particular podcast you did with Sean was pretty outstanding. It was a, it was a lot of fun, and uh, Sean's a great guy, um, such a hard worker, very passionate, and very humble, and, and we had a great conversation uh, at breakfast about just that core group of kids that he was with here at Lakeshore um, that, you know what, didn't see at the time the importance of high school. And were very um, like distracted, and they had ideas. All of them had ideas of things they wanted to do, whether it was Sean with hockey and, and Mike with art and, and drawing and creating and uh, Matt with fishing. And But they all had passions. Did it get in the way of a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things here at school? Yeah, because to hear you know some funny stories from uh, other teachers and administrators and you being their counselor, it was your first year. Um, it, was, uh, it was interesting, but great kids. And uh, we're just so honored and happy. I mean, Jeff and I and other teachers and administrators and everybody in education love to hear success stories about their kids, uh, their kids, their students, we call them their kids, um, later on in life. Because we see such great potential in them when they're in high school. They may not see it, but then later on they're doing great things and it just fires us up, doesn't it? 100%. You just want more people to be successful especially in our profession. We're a giving profession. So the more you give and the more to see them being successful, it just builds motivation for you to continue to keep doing what you do every single year. It's hard because sometimes they don't come back and let you know how well they're doing. Mm. But thanks to social media, other connections, relationships, these people are coming back and sharing with us how deeply the impact of education they got at this particular level impacts them at their next post-secondary dream or whatever they're trying to do outside of high school. And the other thing I think, what you just said was outstanding um, truth. The other thing I think people forget, we were once in their shoes. Absolutely. You know, we weren't, and, and I tell my students all the time, we weren't always teachers. You may, you may <laughs> think that we have been, and, but you've got to remember, we were, in your, we were teenagers. We were high school kids at one point in time, and a lot of us went through the same thing, too. You know? um, so today being almost the end of July, which is hard to believe, July 27, 2018, I want to get the date in there. I've been reading a book, uh, My Personal Best, by John Wooden, um, and just fantastic. I've been a big John Wooden fan ever since I can remember, uh, you know, from middle school on probably. uh, They Call Me Coach was one of the first books I I, I read. Uh, But just I do remember, you know, UCLA being dominant, uh, you know, in the late 60s and 70s. I definitely remember the the 70s more than the 60s since I was probably, you know, born in 66. I wasn't watching basketball way back then. But in um, eight you know, nine, ten years old, I was definitely watching basketball, and I remember John Wooden. So I just wanted to throw a few quotes and just have a little discussion on, on John Wooden because um, I forgot how much uh, he wasn't just a UCLA coach. He was a high school teacher uh, in Indiana, I think a little bit in Kentucky. Uh, started his coaching out there, too. But just some of the stories that he shares in this book, My Personal Best, uh, about mistakes that he made and about how he wishes he could have you know, done some different things, I think, are, are powerful. So a couple quotes here. I want to say yeah, something real ahead. quick before you jump into those quotes. If you follow along with my podcast, too, at com or anything, or the Dr. Lip Podcast in general, 
I've been getting a series of coaches on my show. Yes. Including yourself, Great Coach Great connection. John. Absolutely. And same thing with uh, Coach Stevens, definitely Coach Pawlowski. I had Coach Tony Medea on here from another school district besides uh, the one that you guys are all currently working for. But the fact of the matter is, it's very interesting, is that they each indicated it's all about relationships. Yes. And in addition to that, it is beyond coaching. And it's developing that relationship, making sure that you connect with them to bring it back to the commonality of coaching and, you know, building them up better than they were the day before. So, I mean, I love this connection. I am fascinated to kind of hear some of the quotes because, you know, there's a lot of people, even coach, even coach Frost, if you want to put it out there, like he coached football too. He is a big John Wooden advocate. So a lot of these quotes, I know it's definitely in your wheelhouse with the leadership potential aspect, but more than anything, it's, this is some good stuff. That's awesome. It's a great connecting point. So, yeah, definitely get over to jefflip.com so you can check those out. And the thing that struck me reading this book, um, My Personal Best, got me thinking about the importance of relationships. And a lot of times people think it's just teachers and coaches. Absolutely. It's any profession, you guys. You don't have to be a teacher or a coach to have that mindset of how important relationships are, right? I don't care what career you are in, you're working with other people. Customers, coworkers, boss, you know, manager, administration, whatever. Um, relationships are where it's at. Relationships are where life is at. Um, big shout out to a coworker. Um, we just went to a funeral home for her mom. Uh, her mom's a hundred years old, and to sit there for a while and hear the stories and see the pictures of this vast family, right, of great great grandchildren and nieces and nephews, and just to hear the the stories laughter, tears, and everything else, that was what life was all about. And it's definitely a refocus, I think, when someone passes on, uh, you refocus on those relationships. And my key has always been to people, man, don't wait till that moment to see the importance of relationships. See them every day. See them every day. So this is not a shameless plug, because honestly, this is all interconnected more than anything. But if you remember the guest that I had, uh, Mrs. Felipek, who was yes. a food service worker in the school district that she worked for, she, she made a quite known at my particular show was the fact that she had these connections with this kid and all the kids there. But more anything, the most important thing that she wanted to do was eat, you know, and then everything else came after that. Meaning that, you know, she helped them achieve making sure that they were obviously healthy, that they were intaking food because you need energy, things of that nature. But at the end of the day, she built a relationship with each one of those kids, especially one kid in particular, where she helped that kid basically come to school every day because he knew that he could see her face. Mm. So I think this is truly valuable because the it's the relationship where it starts so that you can build upon that particular person. Mm. So it's the most important thing, honestly. I love that. And that's what life should be all about. All right, one of the first things that uh, the quotes there I got, I uh, want to get your input on. If you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything. I'm positive that a doer makes mistakes. John Wooden says that. And I think the, the one thing I want to say on this quote real quick before I get your thoughts, um, teachers especially need to admit their mistakes to the kids. Like, you know, if I screw something up, if I said something wrong or if I made a mistake grading or something like that, I, I, I've been trying for years to own up to those mistakes and show the kids that, you know what, honesty, humility, we all make mistakes, but here, look, here's what we do to fix it. I will fix this. It's my fault. Take responsibility. I think there's lessons there, but I think Coach Wooden's right. You know, if you're not making mistakes, man, you're not doing a lot, are you? So there are numerous amount of podcasts, people that I follow, 
you know, that indicate that they learn the most from their errors and their mistakes and their failure. So that is the most important thing. Like the last thing I listened to, honestly, was a – so let me, let me just make a reference to this too. I've been really getting on Oprah's new podcast, which is the Mastermind Podcast. Yes. And so she said I threw about three guests on there, and I blogged about two of the three guests more than anything. And there are celebrities that talk about, you know, their whole life story and using that as a platform, as a class. Their life story is a classroom. So the last one I listened to was Jay-Z. If you know Jay-Z, he's Sean Carter. He is a hip-hop artist, a musician. I used to listen to Jay-Z all the time when I was growing up as an adolescent, more anything. And I still love his music now. But what he indicated was he's like, I learned the most from failure. Absolutely. He's like, I don't still, I'm still trying to figure out what I learned from success. But everything that I failed in, I learned. And he's like, you know, it's all about learning more about yourself so you can become genuine with the person that you are and whatever passion that you want to associate with that. Mm -hmm. Meaning that like when he did music that wasn't genuine or authentic to himself, the music was terrible. He even indicated. So he's like, I learned from that point to be true to myself. So when you learn from that and understand more about yourself, that is the unlocking key, or I'm sorry, that is the that is the key to unlock that door that will enhance whatever you're looking to do beyond what you want to do now. Beautiful. In fact, uh, one of the points I was just reading this morning before I, I left for to meet you for breakfast, uh, in the book he was talking about uh, people have to get to know themselves in order to know others and help others. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's critical because if you don't know yourself – then you're following someone else's dream. So if you're following someone else's dream, then what are you doing for yourself? So I, I say this a lot in the, the profession that I'm in, which is like the mental health profession. If you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be good for anybody else that needs your help. So especially in our profession, the first thing that you indicated was that you got to admit that you made a mistake. So once you own that, instead of just hiding behind that, then there's more potential for growth. So as humans, as you know, we exist, we're all imperfect people. I was going to joke around and say my whole life has been a mistake up to this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly. But, I mean, the fact is I don't truly believe that. What I'm getting at is that, you know, mistakes happen every day and everything that you do. And the more you can learn from that and not make the same mistake twice, man, you're doing a good job. That's huge. Just being uh, cognizant of that fact is huge. It's the old adage, you know, hey, you're, you're an airplane, the uh, – Air mask fall down, put yours on first. Absolutely. Before you help anybody else. That's good stuff. Another quote, uh, it takes time to create excellence. If it could be done quickly, more people would do it. And I think people see, especially on social media, people see all oh, everybody's life is doing wonderful on Facebook. It's this vacation. It's this, I'm so blessed. And look at this. And look at my son and daughter, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, that's not the case. But yet people either get down about that or... Boy, why can't that happen to me? And they want it right now, right? Um, having things done quickly is, is, a, uh, is a fault for everybody. You and I have talked about this. I remember um, a year or so ago, we went to Sam Crowley's event, and we talked about this patience, how both of us have to work on it. Like, both of us Absolutely. are kind of looking for things to happen, like, right now and fast. But we've been around long enough to know that it doesn't work out that way. And there's a reason it doesn't work out that way because you're building that foundation to handle or to take on whatever the thing that you are building, right, career-wise, relationship-wise, and you need that time to learn and to grow. Your thoughts? you, you got to really enjoy the process. There you go. I mean, it is the truth. If you're given everything, you're not learning anything, honestly. 
So the process is where the most growth potential can actually take place. So once again, with the summer being here, I spent a little bit more time catching up on some podcasts, watching some different videos. I saw this Les Brown video. It blew my mind away more than anything. And it's so funny how everything kind of like happens in my life and aligns to what we need to currently talk about more than anything. So in Les Brown's particular quote, he gives a story in regards to a Japanese tree. In this particular Japanese tree, it takes five years to grow to its full potential. Five years, John. I mean, could you honestly picture that? And what happens is that in the last six months of that five-year potential is when all the growth actually takes place. It will spout. It will just then grow to its largest extent, and it's one of the most amazing trees that you can see. But it takes five years, right? And what Les Brown says is that it's so funny is the fact that he goes out there, and what he indicates is that could you imagine – watering an area okay for five years and people walking by they're like what are you doing while well, growing a tree they walk back in about a month they're like where's that tree that you're growing oh, right buddy. yeah no it takes five years to reach your potential i mean think about where the last five years have been right mm-hmm. in, in your own personal life i mean could you imagine some of the decisions that you have to make and it takes five years for it to happen that's what patience is all about you know you gotta as long as you know that you put in and work every single day to try to reach that long-term goal and you're moving towards that direction, then you're making good choices, right? But some things take longer to develop. They just do. But you got to enjoy the process while you're in it. You know, like I shared a lot on this show, on your particular podcast. It is a mere springboard for my podcast, honestly. But more than anything, it's like that life story. Man, that's almost four years now in the making. Mm-hmm. And it will be four years this August since – all the major things, in my opinion, kind of tragically kind of like started happening. That I, I really lost control of a lot of stuff in my life personally. But it's those four years, it's like, I, I'll be honest with you, i thankful for them, you know, because mm-hmm. I've grown closer and learned so much more because of all the hardship that I went through. And it's because of the process. I mean, I like I tell you this all the time, and I mean this with the bottom of my heart. I would not be doing this if it wasn't through some of the stuff that I went through with you right now. I wouldn't be sitting in this office doing a podcast with you right now if that was the case. Mm. You, I love the, the point about the process that you bring in. It is so crucial to look back at those times that you've gone through and to not, um, oh, boy, I'm, I'm so glad I went through that. I'm so glad those things, you know, right. no. They happened, and I learned from them instead of still dwelling on them and letting them hold you back letting them not let you grow and not give you confidence and not push you forward like it has done, that, that's a huge point with patience. Absolutely, because then if you stay in the past like that, you become a prisoner of your mm. own past mistakes. So connecting both points, a mistake will happen. Own it. Once you mm. own it, you've controlled that mistake. So once you move past that and owning that, what's the next step? Well, you want to correct it, mm. obviously. But if you keep living in the past and dwelling on it, that negative mindset will set in. And all of a sudden, everything that you're working towards will not be aligned. And then once again, you end up in the same spot that you were before. Now, I'm not throwing a party for everything that I went through negatively, all the rejection, all the loss. No way am I doing that. What I'm trying to make sure everyone understands is that I am very thankful for what I've been through because it's made me so much of a better person than I am now or anything. And like I said, I've grown personally. I know that I have. So my whole life journey and everything at this point is to grow become a better person than I am the day before. That is really, honestly, my goal. So it's I don't try to stay in the past too often, but when I do, it's like I know i got to bring my mindset back in the current moment and kind of live my life right now. Otherwise, 
you know, it's not going to be a healthy mindset for myself. It's huge. That's one of the main of many, many lessons I've gotten from you, Jeff, that's helped me really because I, I reflect on that often. Uh, another quote, and I, this is one of the, his biggies. Uh, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is really what others think you are. How powerful is that to you? I think it's extremely powerful because your character is everything. It's really who you are, right? And how you build your character is from a lot of different influences that you have in your life. So once again, just because someone teaches me something doesn't mean I have to implement it all the time, right? So I had that choice. But your character will then go and honestly, when someone talks about you, they you can try to believe it, honestly. So, for example, I'll just use you as an example. Like, when I first walked in this building and I had my interview for the position of school guidance counselor over at Lakeshore, the first person I met was you. And I say this all the time. It was you. <laughs> you were very warm. You were very greeting me. That was part of your character. You were a genuine person. You even, I believe you even walked over to the main office with me, opened the front door, and I walked into my interview, which is amazing. Look at where we're at now, yeah. honestly, right? Like, I knew who you were the second I saw you because of who you were, honestly. I mean, I could have walked in a building not knowing anyone but then heard about John Daly and like, oh, he's an a-hole. You don't want to hang around that guy, you know. <laughs> but I, literally, you walked in. I didn't even know who you were. You opened the door for me. And literally, you know, 10 years later, you know, I, I leave that job and I'm doing other things now, obviously. But the fact is, is that that's who you were and you've stayed by that person every single time. Mm. So that's critical. That's You can't be disingenuous of who you are, honestly. Right. I, I love the fact that, number one, you said something about it because, to me, I would, have, I would never have given that a second thought. Absolutely. But to, to hear how much of an impact it made on you, that that is where I, I think it, it is, um, you don't want to dwell on it too much, but I think it is important to hear things from other people about how they view you. And sometimes you don't hear the truth, right? And And... I think it's those guide posts, those little guide things. Like, man, boy, how, how much longer am I going to keep ticking people off? Right. Like if you see people avoiding you and if you see people and you hear whispers of people talking about things or you see things, especially on social media now, that those can be all twisted and, and taken out of context and stuff. But to actually reach out and, and let me know that, Jeff, I tell you, it just means the world to me because now I know, man, i got to keep doing that. i got to go out of my way to consciously do that because it is noticed by others even though if it wasn't by me. You only get one time to make a first impression. There you go. Honestly. So, I mean, that's the truth, right? So when you are meeting someone for the first time and you can try to be as professional as possible or be as courteous, that will go a long way. Obviously, down the road, if we had several different conversations and, once again, I didn't believe you were a good guy, then it goes back to your character like we're talking about. But the first time that I met you, and most, honestly, every educator that I kind of met, They've been very genuine. They've mm. been very goal-oriented towards making sure that others are successful. Yeah. And that's the key thing behind this more than anything. Yeah, this quote definitely says how much uh, teaching and coaching meant to John Wooden. And I remember another, another thing I read this morning uh, in the book. Um, he really thoroughly enjoyed teaching and coaching. He loved the fact that he could help kids grow with them, watch them grow, see them succeed, and get them started in life. He had plenty of offers from companies and, and different things about, um, you know, he was an English uh, teacher. So as far as uh, editing and proofreading uh, books, encyclopedias, and copies of things, he had plenty of offers to do things for more money. 
but he loved what he did uh, with teaching. So this one he talks about, he says, seek opportunities to show that you care. The smallest gestures often make the biggest difference. And the example that that you just mentioned, which I'm very grateful and humbleized about, um, just open the door for you and, hey, you can help you, you know. Oh, yeah, come on in this way, you know. And, okay, there's a dude getting an interview. Don't even know him, you know. Right. And then I saw you here. So, and again, this reminder. So today, someplace, I'm going to do this again because you and I have talked about it. I've read this quote, holding a door, saying thank you. You know, just we had a great interaction with the waitress this morning. You know, we, we were talking. She chimed in. We talked with her. Just a very personable conversation. She just wanted to be listened to, I think. And and so you you take on this role, I think. I love that. Seek opportunities to show you care. Doesn't the world need more of this? I mean... Is that, is that true? That's 100% accurate. And I talked about this in the lecture that I gave for your class in leadership. Yes. And it's talking about acts of gratitude. Mm. If you go out of your way to be in a grateful state to anyone else that you meet, strangers in general, it honestly gives you something more than it gives them. As much as you give to them, it gives you so much more about who you are. I mean, think about it. The last thing that you did for someone, you know, how did that make you feel? I'll be honest with you, it made me feel great, honestly. So the more that you can give or you find opportunities to give, it builds a relationship with the people that you care about the most. So for me, honestly, I challenge you to do that. They call this the happy – Sean Accor talks about this in his positive psychology or anything like that. It's that you got to give – you know, you do acts of kindness. When you do those things, that's increasing your happiness hygiene. You'll be more happier. Promise you. Love that. And that's something. I ch- whenever you listen to this, I challenge you to do that. Find a little something, you know, that, that the act of, of kindness and gratitude, uh, showing that you care. Take those moments because it does come back to you. You're setting that example, right? People are, what you're doing is you're investing in yourself by doing that, and people see that. Your value just rose because guess what they're going to talk about, especially if they know you. It's going to go around someplace, somehow, someone's going to hear about the little things that you've done. And you're just magnifying your growth there, I think, which is huge. All right, just a couple more here. Um, love this one. Discipline yourself and others won't need to. Discipline yourself and others won't need to. And that's one that, you know, discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons, um, th- those types of things. This is one I, I'm working on. I'm 52 years old. I'm still working on this. And I'm still, Jeremy Todd said it the other day in his podcast, some people look to, oh, I've got this and this to do this week or this month or this year. You know, I want to win this year. I've got these big plans, which is great. He talks about win, win today. Win, win the day today. Like, do things today that can set some positive things going and make a difference for tomorrow, right? So focus on today. What can you do today? So I love that. Discipline yourself and others won't need to. How powerful is that for high school kids to start trying to take that to heart? It's extremely powerful because if you role model yourself to the person you want to become, You'll gravitate towards people that have the same types of goals that you do. So you are a person of the five closest people that you know in your life, honestly. And once again, this holds true because, you know, to validate this and give this a little quick story, if you listen to John O'Leary's last podcast, mm-hmm. he interviewed someone that is an entrepreneur and basically has started the New Work, I believe, cider company out in um, – I believe in the Vermont, New Hampshire area. Big shout there. out to Cider. <laughs> so what? One of the biggest people that is influenced this company that John interviewed was a gentleman that was incarcerated, mm-hmm. but he has a gift of basically 
harvesting a tree to produce the apples to produce the cider. And what he said was that, you know, when I was incarcerated and I got out of jail, you know, there was nobody in society that wanted to give me this opportunity. Then what happened was he connected with this guy who had this tremendous passion to build an apple orchard. And then, like, you know, he became his top number one worker in producing trees and then producing the apples. And they have this close relationship now that's second to none. What happened was from that success, there was an article written within that area. And he was the gentleman that was on it, an incarcerated gentleman. And what he said was that his son was more happier than he was. And his son had him read that article to him every night for like three months straight. It was that amazing. So that's what I'm saying. So if you become that person that you want to become, other people will emulate that and start gravitating towards you because you're a good person. Yep. We want to emulate good people or people that have success because they've done it some way that you don't need to replicate it. But it starts with building that relationship and finding that character to do and be genuinely good, honestly. Love that. That's a great podcast. In fact, uh, I'm going to put the link to John O'Leary's podcast in the show notes for today because Jeff brought up just a great a great connection with that. It's a great story. Um, you know, these, these uh, inner city, Newark, New Jersey, uh, inner city people um, struggling in and out of jail, needing somebody to come along. Because you got to remember, and Jeff just said it, people are watching you. You know, whether it's younger brothers, sisters, nieces, and nephews, neighbors, friends, teachers, coaches, people are watching, right? And especially, needless to say, the video that goes on all over the place. You can't go through an intersection anywhere without being on video, right? People are watching. They pick up these things that you're leaving. All right, hey, finally, I want to get through this one because this is definitely probably one of his main building blocks, um, his definition of success. So Coach Wooden talks about success comes from knowing that you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. And I think we get so hung up a lot of times comparing ourselves to others and having that be the benchmark of, of how successful we are. Um, judging ourselves harshly because of that. But if you can do the best that you can, knowing that you did your best, and it's in sports or it's in anything, right? And this is something I fail at every day, you guys, every day. I know there could be things I do better, uh, respond better to my wife, my kids, my students, um, you know, do something that I need to do rather than doing something I don't need to do. The list goes on and on every day. But I just love that. Success comes from knowing that you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. I think, God, if I did that every day, or I tried to do it every day, at least like I'm trying, there could be some great things that happen. And it's funny how some doors are opening and people coming in my life now that it's, it's pretty cool. Your thoughts as we wrap up today? It's a tremendous quote. Honestly, they are all tremendous quotes. But when I thought about that, I just thought about my personal life more than anything. And some days I complain to nobody, if that's the case, but I complain because of how drained I am throughout the whole day. But the reason I'm so tired is because I gave everything that mm. I had that day. Mm. I gave my, my best. I honestly did. And then when I get home, I'm drained, I'm tired, I'm just completely exhausted. But in the back of my mind, I can sleep better. And it's because I gave my best. And whatever activity that I try to do at that particular day, I gave my best. That's all I can do. So you wake up every day with the challenge of trying to accept whatever your higher power's plan is for you in your life, right? So I wake up with that mindset. And then all of a sudden, I just try my best to try to make sure that I'm honoring what his plan is or, you know, working towards what I believe is his plan for me in my life. The fact of the matter is I fall short of that every single day, mm -hmm. but I sleep better knowing that I just try to give my best in whatever I try to do. 
if it's not enough, hey, it happens, right? It all the time happens. But I know it was my best, the best that I could honestly do. I mean, I, I joke around this all the time. Sometimes I'm like, you know, if someone was to let me go at one of my multiple jobs that I have and said, you know, I got to let you go because of X, Y, and Z. Well, if it, I gave my best, I feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, there's no more that I could do to change that situation, and I gave my best. And I've, and I've had that happen before I even came to Lakeshore. I got let off at multiple different places, ended up here, you see, working the job that I did for several years before I left here. And that's exactly my point is the fact that was I upset that they had to let me go because of cutbacks? Absolutely. But I ended up here, which was amazing more than anything. And was I upset and complaining about the fact that I didn't probably have a job to find? Of course. But that's part of the nature of the beast. You know, you can't control things that happen outside of that. But did I give my job – I'm sorry. Did I give my best at every one of those jobs before? Absolutely. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be in the position that I am right now. Because it, like every day builds off another day like that. Yes. Yeah, that last point you just said, it just popped in my head about momentum. Giving your best the day before, you go to bed tired, exhausted, you wake up. Man, okay, I'm going to finish this off today. Right. I got so close yesterday. I'm gonna fit. It starts your next day off in a, in a great way. Man, I, I really enjoyed this. The, the breakfast, first of all, was fantastic. I always love breakfast. It's a, one of my favorite meals. You know, how many meals a day do you have? Right? It's one of my favorite meals of the day. Um, but just uh, sitting here, spending some time with you, going over this stuff, man, I always am very grateful for having you in my life, Jeff, and thank you so much for being here. So about the Daily Fridays, I told you, you know, we started that. You got a hashtag now. You're becoming a very popular person across overseas, you know what I'm saying? So uh, you got to start hashtagging these Daily Fridays. I will do that. I will do that. I got to be I gotta be reminded about that because <laughs> I definitely, you know, it's not um, put my name out there and um, pump myself up. It's... You know, I, I definitely am more humbled. I try to be more than anything else. You are. And, and so you're right. I just need to put that connection out there and, and show some people that we're having fun. And At the same time, you got to make sure that, you know, if you haven't checked out your podcast before, you got to check them out. That's the thing. It's it's the message that are being shared in each one of these podcasts, which are very important. Dude, you know that this is number 185. For you? 185 podcasts. Wow. It's just amazing. So wasn't around you this year... This time, you just started this whole? Yeah, it was beginning of July. So, yeah, this month, last year, uh, definitely started off. And, uh, again, thank you for being a part of many of the 185 <laughs> shows, which is really good. All right, you guys, hope you enjoyed this. Hope it gave you something to think about. Check out some of the John Wooden stuff. He's got plenty of books. Now, remember, you know, John Wooden passed away, God, eight years, nine years ago or so. He was almost 100 years old. Okay, And I tell my students this all the time. You could take books written by guys like this, full of character, did great things, make connections with people, and you can spend you know a couple hours reading his books, learning the stuff that he took 100 years to learn, right? And so you don't have to spend your 100 years, if we're lucky to have that, learning, trying to learn these things, right? So learning from other people, Jeff brought it up again today. So try doing that, whether it's John Wooden, John O'Leary, you know, Brian Buffini, Sam Crowley, you know, Jeremy Todd, Jeff Lipp. It goes on and on of the stuff that's out there. Of course, you can't listen to all of it, but there's something out there waiting for you. Hopefully this helps. Share this with somebody. You know, uh, if you find some tidbits of information out there, share my pad, my podcast with somebody that might need it. Share Jeff Lip at jefflip.com with somebody who might need the guidance that he's offering. Okay, uh, find me over on Facebook at Coach to Expect Success, over on Twitter at Coach to Success, and on Instagram at Coach John Daly. Okay, really appreciate it. Check out my book list on Coach to Expect Success.com. My top twenty six books. I'm gonna be adding to that because I'm reading some new books that are just fantastic. Um, just some good stuff out there. Appreciate the feedback. 
You guys keep taking care of yourselves and each other. Stay positive. We'll talk again soon. See you.